from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Everybody calm down from the World Cup? I don't think so. Everybody's chill? I don't think so. I think people are still recovering. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, yesterday... Look, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start the show with a disclaimer when it comes to the World Cup. I am a casual soccer fan. I know there are folks around here that get annoyed during the NCAA. T- it's it's kind of like this, right? During the NCAA tournament, a lot of us get annoyed because out of nowhere, people swoop in and they start to try to talk to you about, well, here's what Carolina's been like. Man, you haven't been watching Carolina at all this year. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Same with Duke, right? NC State, et cetera, or ACC in general. And that's kind of the level with the World Cup that we're at when it comes to me talking about the World Cup. I am self-aware with this stuff, right? So I am a casual soccer fan coming into this, swooping in and talking to you like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. except that I'm telling you I don't know what I'm talking about. But you can pick up on things. You can pick up on vibes. And that's kind of the thing that I picked up on yesterday with the 1-1 tie against Wales. It seems to be all things to all people at once. It's good that it was a draw, but it's not because they had a chance to win. Everyone's excited about the youth movement, but then they're mad at the coaching decisions about who they played, when, and, you know, what the lineups look like. Hey, we're youthful, but at the same time, there's other, uh, other guys on compare, you know, comparable, comparable players, your, your, your analogs to where they're at on other teams, and they don't seem to be getting gassed in the second half the same way the U.S. seemed gassed. What's going on with that? So I, I, I kind of view it as, you know, it's a Rorschach test in the grand scheme of things. Mm. The, way I, the way I came at it, and the, my understanding with the World Cup this year, was after a, a much-needed reboot of the program, after missing the World Cup the last round, that this World Cup was a measuring stick as to where things have been in the last four years in this youth movement, that they entered the World Cup not exactly feeling confident about themselves. I'm not saying they, like, you know, puttered into the World Cup, but there were some moments there. And, and look, you know my my feelings on even qualifying for the World Cup. They, they finessed it the best way they could. They called it tactical advantages. To me, it was like you really desperately need other teams to suffer hypothermia to get the best of them to get into the World Cup. That's not a true measure of where you're at. But then, I, you know, you kind of look at it rationally. If this is a building process, it's a, if this is truly about rebooting the U.S. men's national team, well, then you're not going to be at a truly competitive level this early into that reboot. It's probably going to be in the next four years with more togetherness, more international competition, and, of course, getting ready for the big show, which is the World Cup that's coming back here to United States, Canada, and Mexico. Anyway. That, that was just kind of like my observation in, in watching this yesterday while we were in the middle of doing the show. Uh, the second half was happening uh, in the first hour of yesterday's show. And, yeah, the, I watched the first half, and then the first half the team looked like they were out there making a point. They were being aggressive with some risk, but it paid off for them, obviously, in the, what, the 37th minute, I think it was. Sounds right. When Tim Way uh, uh, ended up scoring what I thought was a that, – that's exciting. Like, that's the thing that will get you hooked watching soccer. Uh, but then things started to get a little squirrely. They looked a little gas. Wales adjusted, and then they get uh, a bad penalty. And when I say a bad penalty, the U.S. took a bad penalty. I know there were some questions about the level of officiating yesterday, but uh, if you watch that play a bunch of times, yeah, that was a penalty. I really don't know what else you're looking at if you think Walker Zinneman, uh, Zimmerman committed anything other than a penalty in that situation, which put Gareth Bale in a penalty kick, and he buries it. So and that was in the 82nd minute. 
And that went from, oh, man, they might actually pull this thing out to, oh, now what's next? Well, what's next is England, uh, who beat Ireland 6-2 to yesterday. And then they've got Iran on the 29th, which they should be able to beat, you know, kind of based on where they're at and what we saw in the England game, although England's on a different level, I think we understand. But here's the problem. Here's the problem for the United States and the very, very tight tight window they're working with in terms of moving on to the next stage. The United States is not beat. They have not defeated a European team in World Cup competition since 2002. That was the opener when they beat Portugal and everybody got really I, I remember the hype around mm-hmm. that one all right you were steamed up and they beat uh, they beat Portugal I think 3-2 in that game before that the previous victory against somebody from Europe do you know when Dennis 94 no no 1950 oh 1950 I was close they actually beat England in 1950 see one nothing history Right, history repeating on yep. Friday. I don't yep, know that's, right. that's going to be the case. Overall, the United States has won 11-6 against European opponents since qualifying for the World Cup, in ni- since qualifying for the 1990 World Cup. So 1-11-6. Saw that against Wales yesterday. I don't expect them to beat England on Friday. They have to, I don't know, run it up with gold differentials uh, against Iran. But, again, that will happen on the 29th. So that was just, just that was just my overall takeaway of what we saw from uh, from the World Cup yesterday, uh, and then the other thing that we saw I, I don't know maybe what the U.S. needs to do is take a page out of what the Carolina Hurricanes did last night mm. and pull the goalie with five minutes to go and then just go on a scoring binge. The Carolina Hurricanes were down three nothing yesterday to the Winnipeg Jets, and they were not and I'm being kind here they were not great, uh, and it's kind of a lead up of issues that the Carolina Hurricanes have had here over the last couple of games where. If you're talking about Marty Natchez, if you're talking about Sebastian Ajo or Andrei Svechnikov, they've, for the most part, been good this year. They've actually accumulated most of the scoring for the Hurricanes this year. It's everybody else that's been a problem. Then, oh, yeah, by the way, the power play stinks. Yeah. The power play wasn't exactly ideal for them in the playoffs. I know that was a huge sticking point for their exit uh, last year, and they were middle of the road throughout the regular season, but they're not even at the middle of the road at this point in the year. Canes are a miserable 14.3% on the power play with six goals so far this season. Again, middle of the pack at, like, I think 22% last year. They're bad. They're objectively bad on the power play at this point in the season. And I don't want to oversimplify their issues as they're stealing points because it's a testament to the fact that they were down 3 nothing and they still found a way to steal a point against Winnipeg. But it's a, it's a problem right now. Now, you can go galaxy brain thinking – and look at how things have gone for Rod Burnamore and the Carolina Hurricanes since he's taken over as head coach. They've been a consistently good team around this time of the year. Uh, they've 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 put themselves in good position by the way they've played in October in November. Maybe they're doing the inverse. Maybe they're having the existential crisis now as opposed to having it in March like they did last year where the course and grind of a long season might have gotten to them. Now, you know how I feel about the playoffs in the NHL. It's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. It's voodoo. We don't know. Last year, we were having a conversation about the hot level of the Florida Panthers. How did that work out for the Panthers? It didn't. It didn't work out at all. So there is no real rhyme or reason to the consistency of a regular season translating into the postseason. Sometimes you can be the hot team at the right time. Sometimes you can peak at the wrong time. 
at least with the Carolina Hurricanes, you can identify the problems now, and they can work towards fixing those issues going forward. Also, it has to be said, Freddie Anderson isn't healthy. Peter Kochekov, I'm high on Peter Kochekov, but he clearly still seems to be a work in progress, even though I think last night uh, he's not the problem. Uh, not that I'm trying to equate what I'm watching on the NHL level with youth hockey. Yeah. But youth hockey is on the brain since I've been spending a lot of time watching my younger son play youth hockey. And I've had this conversation with him. You know, the goalie can't stop them all. You need to support them. Yeah. You got to score goals. So I don't know. Maybe what the Carolina Hurricanes need to do to start the next game is just to not have a goalie in that. See if they can score a bunch of goals and then go from there. I don't know. We'll see. It's the OG alongside. No, he's not here. Alongside an empty chair. Alongside this. Yeah. There's who, headphones there. At least. Who was it? Who was it? it? Was Clint Eastwood who did that at a, uh, at a at a at a GOP convention? Okay. I think he he did a speech one time where he actually talked to an empty stool. So I don't know. Maybe I'll do that with Gilio not here today. Hmm. Now Gilio's not feeling good. He'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. I'm Joe Obvious. If you miss anything from today's show, you can check it out on the best of the OG podcast. Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Five stars only. Positive vibes only. You can also check us out on YouTube. Just look up 99.9 The Fan. You can smash that subscribe button. And because we don't know where things are going in the world of social media, we've opened up a few channels as of late. That's something I should have done years ago. There's a there's a 99.9 The Fan Reddit now. Go look up the 99.9 The Fan subreddit, r slash 99.9 The Fan. And we're on Discord now. Not playing video games on Discord. We should, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but on Discord, I don't know what we're doing on Discord yet. I'm thinking maybe once the State Carolina game comes around on Friday, we just have a nice fun chat there. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I have no idea what I'm doing with Discord. We'll figure it out. Um, otherwise, maybe you'll just watch me play Splatoon 3 on my Nintendo Switch. I don't know. But we're all over the place. Go check us out wherever you are on social media. Alongside Nacho Julia. I know. I got to correct that. that. That's some Pavlovian thing that I've yeah. trained myself to do now for nearly two years. When Gilio's not here, I have to remember that he's not here and not say alongside empty chair. Maybe that's what I do. Alongside empty chair, I'm Joe Ovias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. You say alongside the spirit of Joe Gilio. Well, if I say that, people are going to think Joe's dead. That's fair. And I don't want people to think that. He's that's... just sick. Yeah. People still do get sick. Even though there are people still getting COVID. Speaking of COVID, hmm. it was invoked today by former Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Matt Rule seems to be back in the news cycle, or at least he's putting himself back in the news cycle, I should say, uh, as we're getting close to the end of the college football regular season and the conference championship games. And as the NFL season gets into the crunch time ahead of the playoffs, the former Carolina Panthers head coach seems to be doing the car wash. He was on CBS Sports HQ yesterday, and it looks like he's going to be hanging out on the NFL Network set the next two days, according to Joe Person at The Athletic. Two days of Matt Rule? Two days oh. of Matt Rule. I know this is right in your wheelhouse, Dennis. Uh, there's already videos out. So, <laughs> fake Matt Rule season back. Yep. So, he was on Good Morning Football today, and he was asked what he's been doing doing since he got the axe earlier this year i spent a little time every day doing some football yeah. uh, going back watching tape watching games and uh, trying to do it all, all the great coaches I, that i know have done is after you get fired you know going back and saying hey what could i do better you know getting ready for the next chance 
So essentially what Matt Rule is doing is he's one of these all 22 guys. Yeah. Is that is that what it does Matt Rule still have access to the Carolina Panthers credentials where he can go in and look at the tape or is he subscribed? I mean, I'm sure he's got the money. He just got bought out by David Tepper. So it's not like the guy's poor. Yeah, I'm sure he can afford the NFL. I think it's called NFL plus NFL now. plus. So NFL plus should be able to get you the all 22 film where you can break mm-hmm. it down. Why are you not like all the other all 22 dudes that I see on my timeline? Please send me phone breakdowns, phone camera breakdowns of stuff that you've seen. That's what if you have all 22, that's what you do. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm a little disappointed he hasn't done that. All right. Here's Matt Rule. Uh, you know, kind of assessing his time is two his two years and change time with the Carolina Panthers. And what are some of those things? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> no, you know, I think um, I think when I look back at my time in Carolina, um, I look back on it fondly. I'll yeah. say that first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'll always take away from it that that no matter what level you coach, when I've coached it. FCS, I've coached at Division Three. I've co- coached at Group of Five, Power Five, and in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It always comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And if, okay. I, if I could pause, go back, I wish pause, I would have done a pause, better pause, job. Pause, 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 pause. That's a guy who still sounds like a college coach. Although I think when he just mentions I coached everywhere, you know, the FCS, Group of Five, Power Five, NFL. That to me is a pitch for a booster out there to throw some money at him mm-hmm. at a job that he wants. Although we'll get to the job part in a second. But anyway, all right, continue with uh, with Matt Rule on Good Morning Football. It always comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I could go back, I wish I would have done a better job in year one and year two of having really strong relationships with the players. <laughs> now, you know, I can blame COVID and masks and all mm-hmm. those things, but, but, but last year, at the end of last year, I, I got together pause with Shaq Thomas. Pause it. I got together. Pause it. Pause it. Pause it. I've never done this before. I've just taken it over an NFL gig, and I wish I would have done a better job establishing relationships i'm a relationships guy but i didn't really do a good job establishing and i could blame covid and masks what do you mean you could blame covid and masks what does covid have to do with it dude we're not dummies we could see that nfl teams were in the facility you were you're in your own bubble okay you're wearing a mask but you know what you can really do you can really see into the soul of a person just based on eye contact and this is coming from somebody who's terrible with co- i am terrible with eye contact and even i know you can communicate a hell of a lot more through eye contact as people did with masks so what do you mean masks were preventing you from having some sort of connection with your team what did you need to do make out with them to really truly i mean i get that you know you can really connect with the person kissing them but like what do you do what what all right continue you know i can blame covid and masks and all those things i could masks but but last year at the end of last year i i got together with shaq thompson i got together with christian mccaffrey and you know what? I went back to just being, you know, Coach Matt. You know, the guy that was coaching. Why didn't you do that the, the first two years? T-shirt and shorts and having fun with it. And um, it didn't end the way I wanted it to. But I, you know, I'm proud I never lost the locker room. Mm. I'm proud what? that you know um, those guys. Those guys fought and stood up for me to the very end. <sighs> just being Coach Matt. <sighs> look, <laughs> you are physically look feeling this right now. I was going to say, Dennis, you've been around me long enough to know. Yeah, I've been here for a while. You've been around me long enough to know that I usually keep pretty even keeled. Generally, yeah. Generally, yeah. I'm gen- general. I'm generally pretty. You know, the 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 line doesn't go too up, too down. I've been doing this too damn long, mm-hmm. and you know, it doesn't get to me as much as it used to. I'm 43. I got two kids. I'm I've chilled, man. 
But there is something about that guy. <laughs> there is something about Matt Rule that his very appearance upsets me. Like, it triggers me. Like, I came back after running some errands, and you're sitting there in the studio, and you've got the Good Morning Football video up, and I see that guy's face, and I'm like, you saw me. I was like, yeah. this man physically triggers me. Yep. Like, I'm, I, and as you can tell, I am just hearing him upsets me with the way that he talks. And I have not, I have not felt like this about somebody that I don't even know. Other than he's he will he's a coach. I don't know him. We've talked to him on the radio once. He didn't like our jokes, and we never talked to him again. But that's fine. You know how many dudes we talk to in this business? We talk to him once, and then we move on, and I don't think about it. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. But this guy physically makes me mad, and I don't know why. It's an irrational dislike of Matt Rule, and it, maybe it's been maybe it's not irrational. Maybe it's been built up over hearing dumb press conferences after dumb press conferences, yeah. and where he says, you know, "I just I'm just doing what coach the good coaches do." I think I know what it is. It's I think I actually think I know what it is. No, it's not you. It has nothing to do with you. <sighs> he speaks LinkedIn. Oh, okay. this might not. Uh, let me explain what that means. So every social media has its like its own language, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, but LinkedIn is unique in that LinkedIn is everybody's. Oh, and I don't spend any time on LinkedIn until I have an occasional thing where, like, I had I recently had a work anniversary, so I was getting bombarded with emails about somebody sent you a message, somebody sent you a message. I'm like, okay, let me finally log on to LinkedIn. So I go on to LinkedIn, and there's like some extra connections, whatever. I click through them. But when you, if you go to LinkedIn, you basically see a series of people speaking in like the most, like in the most corporate speak ever. Like, you know, I'm honored and with this opportunity to do, and it's like it's so fakey, mm-hmm. and it's like there's no real personality there. It's all just fake, and it's all meant to just be. I'm truly honored and blessed to be. T- it's a job. It's a job. Okay, they're paying you for your skill. It's a job. It is not like, oh, you know, it's this purpose in my life. The blah, blah, blah. No. (laughs) You took this job because they gave you a bunch of money to do this job. All right? And then you're doing all this stuff to network. That's what Matt Rule sounds like to me all the time. He's like the embodiment of a walking LinkedIn feed telling you all this glowing crap. That's what Matt Rule is. And I think I finally got to the source of my issues with this man. And I don't want to hear from him ever again. Except I'm going to have to because he's probably going to get a cut. Or is he? Because that's the question that I've got now from Matt Rule. Is he just going to be doing TV because he can? Because what's it to him? How, he's get he's got he's got all the money from David Tepper to not coach, and we know how the offset works. If he gets another job, the money's going to get taken out mm-hmm. of what was owed to him, right? So if you're Matt Rule and you don't have any of the college coaching jobs you truly want, why do you got to take a gig? He doesn't have to take the Arizona State gig. What's it to him? He's going to make more money off of David Tepper not coaching than he is with the Arizona State gig. If it eventually gets around to, say, Nebraska being his job or maybe Auburn, okay, I get that part. But he's not going to take a job for the sake of taking a job. So it's entirely possible that Matt Rule is going to be on my TV more, and I'm going to have to hear him talking. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want to be a coach, you know. Coach Matt. Yeah, you know, I missed the coach whistle. Matt. I really missed Don't do it, Dennis, because it's going to bother me. <laughs>